It is October 6th, 2020. Earlier this afternoon, Greg, we heard of the passing of Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, it's a... It was a tough one. It's a big one. Not a su- not a surprise though. No. Are we allowed to play music on our podcast? We should ask Rick Beato if Van Halen are blockers when he comes on our podcast. Yes. Um. Yeah. So he'd been battling cancer for a while, right? Yep. Yep. But you're the musician. Tell why don't you sort of your thoughts on his um yeah, Van Halen, Van Halen was probably one of my favorite debut albums of all time. Uh it was just song after song that was absolutely incredible. Um, Eddie Van Halen changed, I don't know, changed rock, but rock guitar. But he certainly, yeah, he did. He, he, he changed the way things were done. No, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, Van Halen had such a massive impact for, for, for a number of years. Um, Again, from that that debut album, you know, through to the synth, and I'll say synth poppy, but then there were so many amazing songs off of 1984. But like sure. Jump Jump was the song that every keyboardist went into the music store and wanted to play. You played it, and then the music store owner would say, Get the hell out of here. Get off my keyboards. Yeah. We're, we're living in a time, Greg, uh, based on our base, based on our age, that uh, you know, literally since over the past five plus years and moving forward, we're just going to lose a lot more of these artists and musicians that we grew up listening to. Right. So, you know, and and whether it is something like cancer or whether it is drugs or whether it's just old age um, or or complications related to, you know, whatever, we're we're going to lose these people more and more and more. Right. And I think the the, it's hard to find sort of positives with with, with all of these, but I, I, I think that you know, when someone like Neil Peart passes or Eddie Van Halen today, um, fans have something to look to look back at, to look, and even to look forward to, right? You know, you look back at maybe concerts you went to, or you look back at, like you said, you know, the, the first, the debut album sort of, you know, hits you. Um, but it's also music that you, you sort of, you listen to all the time. Or that you you can right like a week from now or this this weekend when you're driving up to the cottage you might put on some Van Halen 
um, as you're driving and notice that you're driving too fast because the BPMs are just making you, you know, just drive a little faster than you really wanted to. But Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. Hey, I'm Ramana, and I am a multidisciplinary artist, visual artist, and musician, and I'm on Welcome to the Music, chatting with Kareem. And Greg! Don't forget Greg. And Greg. And Greg. (laughs) Sorry. Let's redo it. No, that's cool. That's That's all good. Welcome, welcome. Okay. That is perfect. You just made me feel so good, Ramaya. Thank I know. you so much. And I have such a fragile ego that I'm just going to cry once we're done. I'm, I'm really sorry. It's all good. That is all good. Um, five and a half years, Ramaya, since you left the office. Um, you must miss it a lot, no? No, not even a little bit. Um, I actually, when I run into people from, I guess, from the office, from the corporate world, like, I don't even really remember, like, how we knew each other. Like, it's a weird thing where I'm like, oh, I guess we work together, but how and where and why? And like, it's just, it feels like such a different part of my life. So definitely can't say I miss it. I mean, that's a lie. I miss sort of knowing when I'm going to get paid. Like, that's kind of a cool feeling, I guess. Yeah. Benefits (laughs) are kind of cool also. Yeah, yeah. Um, but outside of like the everyday nine to five grind, doing something that I didn't really feel super passionate about, uh, no, definitely don't miss that at all. That's cool. Uh, listen, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about about you. It's you know we've all sort of been uh, dealing with uh, with COVID and everything around it in, in various ways. So, um, how you been keeping Romana past six months or recently? Um. I mean, I think initially it was really challenging to sort of like settle in and sort of understand that the the work that I had been working on was just going to be put on pause because of this thing that I couldn't control. Yeah. Um, and I feel because it took me such a long time to actually get to this place where I'm working on an album to have it just kind of all have to, you know, be sort of like pushed out was really a little bit frustrating. Um mm-hmm. So originally I had a really hard time sort of like coming to terms with the fact that we're all sitting inside the house and kind of like staring at each other on Zoom. Um, And then I started to really um, like really appreciate sort of like the solitude and the pause because it gave me the opportunity to really reflect on the things that I had sort of been putting off to the side for a really long time. And one of the things actually that I'm currently trying to figure out is sort of like how to get my energy levels up. Um, And I don't think I realized how much I had been burning out until I had to pause. And I was like, wow, I'm really, really tired. And so, you know, since then I've been working with a naturopath and I've been doing all the green juices and the cleanses and like things I've never done in my life. Um, And I don't know if that would have happened necessarily if, you know, we wouldn't have had the opportunity um, to really just take a step back and really prioritize 
what is important and my health, unfortunately. And I think this happens a lot when you're, you know, in a fast paced sort of like industry, there's a lot of things that sort of like take a backseat. And sure. for me, my, my health was, was one of them. It's not like I was, you know, nothing, I didn't have anything dire, but it was just, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't eating the best just cause I was like grabbing stuff on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't sleeping like eight hours. Cause I was like, well, I'll just stay up really late and wake up early and, you know, all the things that we all do. And so, um, it's been really great to sort of like take a step back and look at all of that and be like, mm, that's really not good in, yeah. in the long run. I know one of the things, you know, and I look back on it. Someone asked me the other day, you know, they asked how the work situation was. And I said, well, I've been working from home six months. And they said, how is it? And that question I found interesting because the answer today and the answer five months ago is very different. Mm-hmm. You know, a month into it, I was like, oh, dude, I love working from home. There's no traffic. I don't need to worry. I, I've saved myself, you know, whatever, how many hours I, I go on more walks. And now it's like, I need to see people. I need to, right. I, 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 I uh, you know, I see Greg every day, not every day, sorry, every week, but uh, we haven't, we haven't, you know, we haven't done the bro hug in, right. in six months <laughs> yet. I, I see you all the time. Right. It, it's, it's really, yeah. It's really weird not having that <clears throat> that ability to just to to see and be around people. And I'm curious, like with with you, um, how was it? You know, maybe thinking, ah, it's it'll be a two week thing. To oh, dude, this might last for a while. Um, I think initially, probably much like the rest of the world, I was taking it very seriously. Mm. Um, I, I also have asthma, so I was like, okay, not leaving the house. Like, you know, my, my, I tasked oh. my husband to do all the groceries and all the outside work, which is kind of great. Um, and then I, um, I guess like a couple months into it, it's not that I wasn't taking it as seriously, but I was like, okay, maybe I can go to the park or whatever. Um, and I think as summer sort of like rolled around and patio started opening up and things just sort of started to get a little bit less restricted, um, I gave myself permission to sort of, you know, be out and about in, in a safe way. Like, I mean, after I went to I went to the Black Lives Matter protest with like 10,000 people, I was like, OK, I'm good. I'm going to start going out now because I've yeah. been amongst 10,000 people and I'm fine. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, like being safe and I'm being super protective of the people that I that I know are like my parents who are probably a little higher risk than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I think when summer rolled around, I, a lot of us were just like, okay, we're going to, we're going to be outside. So I guess being outside is safe. I don't even know. Um, and that kind of, I think that was really for my mental health and just for like my creative, my creativity was really, was really amazing. And so, um, it's like now that it's getting a little bit colder, I have started to feel a little bit of the emptiness. I'm like, wait, what? Can't see anyone. Ah!" (laughs) Um, so I, I don't think I've, I've processed yet that we might be going back into some version of what we just experienced yeah. in March um, or last winter rather. But um, it, it, ha- it has been really nice um, to have this like summer break. And I, I actually feel like Mother Nature almost planned it that way. She was like, OK, I'm going to give you guys a virus, but I'm going to do it in such a time that you will be able to play outside in the summer. Because um, I feel like if we were to have gone into sort of, you know, like quarantine during the summer months, 
it, it would it would have been way more challenging and probably mm-hmm. way more depressing. So yeah. I, I do I do believe that that's us all divine and the universe has some sort of plan. But did, yeah. did that did that sort of time of allowing yourself to go out and explore like was that around sort of the same time that you were able to you know think of your health and think of the music and that like was it? Yeah, I think it was definitely all related. I mean, I realized I never went for walks before, which was like a real thing. Like, because at one one point I was like, well, there's nothing else to do but go for a walk in my neighborhood. And I started to discover all these really amazing things. And so I felt like like I was literally a child rediscovering my neighborhood that I've been living in for three years for the first time, which was really interesting. And like going to local bakeries and just doing a lot of the things that I wouldn't be doing before because... I was always like on the go, getting running on the subway or whatever. So, um, you know, I think I think the exploration definitely has has been good for for like the music in terms of like you know material and just giving giving me like something something else to talk about. Um, and we also got a puppy, so we're like one of those people oh, that got a quarantine yeah. puppy. We've seen so many of them in the park, um, <laughs> which I think it's like we've we've always considered having one but but both of us are always really busy and could never commit to being at home enough to actually like take care of a puppy and so it's been really nice to finally be able to do that and um you know be at home and like train him and do all the things and actually go for walks so um yeah there's been a lot of like really beautiful sort of like silver linings and byproducts that have come out of quarantine for sure nice now you're forced to go for walks you got yes. Yeah. Now I have to. Yeah. yeah. In the winter as well. You got to go in the winter as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I mean, we will definitely have to go for walks, but um, I feel like they'll be quick. You know, he also yeah. doesn't like the cold, which is awesome. So I'm like, okay, okay good. He's the cold. Awesome. He'll he'll be a quick like winter walker. Yeah. Um, listen, we're we're recording yeah. this on October the sixth. Uh, earlier today. Uh, founder and lead guitarist of Van Halen passed away, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, I know for me and for Greg, you know, we, uh, uh, we, we tend to, to, to listen to a lot of uh, louder, um, you know, uh, hard, hard rock stuff and, and definitely, um, you know, uh, consumed a bunch of uh, Van Halen vinyl in, in our days. Um, and I know music for you uh, is also important, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, whether it was uh, Eddie, uh, today or whether it was you know other musicians i know you did a painting of of nipsey when uh soon after he passed um i I wanted to ask you you know when you're you know put in air quotes when your heroes die or pass what how do you how do you react to that and how you know do you do you do anything as an artist to remember um i mean when I when I was painting, I would always. I mean, I don't know if you can see behind me. There's like a painting of Aaliyah that I did. Oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I I do always feel like I need to honor them somehow. And for me, um, I think generally like the way that feels the easiest in that moment is as a painting. Um, and I just kind of like let it flow. And um, when Nipsey passed away. Um, even though I wasn't super connected to his music, I think I knew like one of his songs, the one song that he has with YG. Um, I was super connected to like who he was and what he stood for. And so I definitely, like I felt sort of, um, you know, that void when it happened. Um, And just, I think also right now, like 
being a part of, you know, the social media world, like you can kind of see how, how people actually impact communities and, you know, even in LA and different places in the world. And so I definitely felt like I needed to, to honor him um, in, in a way that, you know, just was like flowing through me. And I was like, okay, going to get a paintbrush, going to get like crisp blue colors and then just go. Um, and, uh, and that's what I did. So, yeah, I do, but I do find that I like kind of get obsessed with like, with dead artists. And I, I, I don't know what it is. Um, and I've talked to other people about this, but I think it's like there's this idea of not being able to live out their potential or their dreams. Um, and I think the reason why I become obsessed with that is like, I think it's something that I don't want for myself. Mm. And so I, I look at that like, as like a, you know, almost as like a reminder of the, the fact that like, you know, life is fragile and, and, and time is, you know, it was of the essence essentially and it could run out at any point. So, um, but I do have this weird thing where I become obsessed. Yeah. Like I went down a Nipsey Hustle rabbit hole immediately after. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So when you and I first met. Yeah. You were. So, so I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I don't think I've told you this story. Uh, <laughs> but I was, I was probably like a year into podcasting. Um, and people were saying, oh, you should talk to this person, talk to this person. And, and a friend in common said, you need to speak with Romana. And I said, okay. And I'm looking and I go, she, she has this website. She does Mendy. She, she yeah. does these great things on Mendy. But I said, what the heck? Let me talk to her. And I have to tell you this. At the time, you were the most popular download. Oh, cool. uh, after I spoke to you, I go, who is this girl and why is everyone know her <laughs> all of a sudden? I said, Oh, oh dude, so awesome. she knows everyone I know. It, it was <laughs> wild. And so, and so you taught me a lesson to never, never doubt or, or never sort of second guess. Someone says, yeah, you need to speak to, to this person. There's a reason. So I want to thank you for that lesson that, uh, that you're, that you taught me, but. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. But that's who you wore to me when we first met. Okay. And you, you did some prints. I think you did a you did a skyline of Toronto that you gave to a rapper. What was that story? Yeah, I gave it to Cardinal. Nice. Um, and the 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 print was actually inspired by Cardinal. Ah. Um, and it was it was called T dot um, T dot one of a kind, which is like one of his lyrics. Um, and I ended up randomly meeting him um and i guess i had the print on me um i got yeah i i actually there might have been some planning because i don't know why i would have had it on me but anyway <laughs> um and yeah and i was able to give it to him and, and let him know that you know he sort of he oh he inspired the print because i had created it while i was on a trip with my family in dominican republic and we saw him in the airport ah. and me and my sister was like, is that Cardinal Fischel? And my mom was like, well, let me just go confirm that. And she, your mom. <laughs> and she walks up to him and she's like, are you Cardi? And he's like, uh, yeah. And then she's like, oh, my, my daughters want to like take a picture of you or something. And I was like, no, I'm cool. And basically we didn't take a picture with him, but because my mom had like gone and, you know, sort of like asked him who, if he was who he was. Um, there was like a group of girls that sort of like surrounded him. It was really funny. So 
um, I was able to tell him that story. I'm like, remember this like woman that came up to you in the airport in Dominican Republic? That was my mom. Um, and so, and then I gave him the print. So, so yeah. cool. That is yeah. so, so cool. I wonder, do, do you know if he has it up at his place? Or do I you... don't know, actually. The, the reason I ask is, uh, and I don't know if you and I have talked about this. Uh-huh. I know we've, we've talked about the house, but uh, ah, yes. my, my, my first marriage, I'll put it that way, uh, I got married at his house. Now, it wasn't no his way. time. Yeah, no, it's been it, my, my aunt and uncle, he bought from my aunt and uncle years ago. And so, and I've spent so much time there. So That's it's like, so I just, cool. I feel like, I feel like I know his house so well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I spent that is so cool. 25 years around that house. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Love, gotta love Toronto. Love yeah. those Toronto stories. Yeah. Um, the ne- I, I don't know if it was the next time, cause I'm sure I've seen you around. I can't remember, but was at a, um, an art exhibition that you had in the East end. Um, yeah. Masks. What was it? It was a mask show. What was the name of it? It was called. It was called Masks and Molds. Masks, masks and Molds. Yeah. Great show. Got a print. Greg, great artist here. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. I, I. Okay. So here's the question: How do you get into music? Where Where is the transition? Yeah. How How does this happen? Good question. So I've actually been a singer my whole life um I'm actually like the wedding singer in our community I'm sure I sang at a wedding that you've been at cream um (laughs) but I uh I was never I guess I never was I guess I don't know if it was confident or what it was but I never thought that I could make my own music um and last year I got married and I basically planned and produced and programmed and performed at this wedding. So like, I was like, cre- I created a festival essentially. And then it was done. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so bored. So I had this massive void to fill. And I was like, Okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to write, sing and record 30 songs in 30 days. Oh. I had never written or recorded any music in my life. And, and I did it in 30 days and it was easy. And I was like, Mm, okay hold on I don't know if it's supposed to be that easy like I, I like my my single that's actually my first single that was that's out right now um I wrote it in 12 minutes and it was just like easy and I was like okay maybe there's something here and I think a, a few things happened from sort of like when I left the corporate world I think I got into Mendy initially because it was a very easy sort of like first step in, into a creative you know business I already had the skills and I knew that there was a need for it in the market. Um, and moving on after that, I moved on to murals and I kind of, again, was always sort of thinking with this, like, um, you know, more business hat first versus art. And I think in order to like truly be able to create art, you have to have some sort of privilege. And for the first time in my life last year, I finally had savings and I was like, okay, now I can do whatever I actually want to do. And what I actually want to do is make music. And I mean, I'm sure you guys know, like producing music and actually creating an album is not your engineers and your one that touches the work. Um, and I finally have the resources to do that. And so I think, um, you know, I do think that everything I've done to this point has obviously, you know, created or like somehow evolved me into the person I am right now. Mm. Um, but 
it a lot of things I think had to be had to happen and had to be true in order for me to feel like supported and you know financially and even emotionally in order to actually be like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna make an album but I have literally been singing my whole life does 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 visual art come as easy to you as the music did yeah so actually um I and I love that you asked that um as I was sort of going down this musical path, I, I was like, man, like, I, I don't know how the visual arts is going to fit into the music journey. And like, I kind of miss it. And I think that happens, you know, when you like leave one thing and you're like, Oh, I kind of missed that thing. And I think that's just human nature. And um, because of COVID, I, I was kind of like forced to direct my first video. And I really gave myself the opportunity to, um, you know, to really like imagine and play and, just do all the things that I didn't think were possible and I did it and it was amazing. And I was like, okay, there we go. There's the visual art play right there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I, I, I'm just like a vessel and I, I, I just sort of like gravitate towards different, you know, um, ways to express myself. And luckily so far I've, I've done pretty okay at most of them. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep doing that. But, um, yeah, some, I, I ran into a friend, actually, I um, this summer I actually did a, a pretty massive Black Lives Matter mural in Kensington Market. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that myself and four other artists sort of like organized and we got 16 other artists to, um, to get involved. I don't know if you guys have seen it on social media. Um, and it was um, my first time sort of like doing a, I did like a stencil of a, a female silhouette um, and I just repeated in different colors and what that was supposed to represent was the rise of women and the different types of women that, you know, Toronto represents. Um, and I was telling him it was my first time. I was like, well, I, you know, I made the stencil for the first time. It's my first time stenciling, my first time stenciling on a floor. And he's like, I feel like you always do that. I feel like it's always your first time doing something. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and actually it is. So I think as an artist, I really appreciate being challenged and, you know, these are the ways that I'm, that I'm challenging myself. It's just constantly yeah. trying these things. How did, how did that, um, that um, street mural in, uh, in Kensington, how did that come about? You, you led that? Yeah. So I actually had seen what was happening in Washington. I don't know if you guys saw the mural that happened in Washington, um, which was all, I think it was all yellow. It was all one color. Um, and then somewhere else in America, I can't remember right now, they had done a mural where all the letters um, had like different, I don't know if it was done by different artists or not, but they all had like sort of their own different flavor. Um, and I was like, we need to do this. Like I felt like, I think of Toronto as such a melting pot and such a global community. And I was like, why hasn't Toronto really said anything? Um, especially from the artist community. Um, and so I called up my friend Javid, who you might know, um, and he's also a mural artist. And I was like, hey, I want to do this thing. And he was like, okay, cool. Like, let's call up Adami, who goes by Young, Young Yemi on Instagram. And so we called him up and he's like, okay, let's call Danilo. And like, we just started, you know, getting together like a crew to help organize. Um, and then each of us reached out to all the different artists that we know and have worked with. And every single artist that we reached out to um, was down. And we, you know, we brought all of our own supplies, all of our own paintbrushes and paint cans. Um, and I think it was such a testament to how powerful this movement 
this movement is and how important it is for us to to speak up and to show up, especially as a as, as a city as diverse as Toronto. Mm-hmm. And was it was it the um, the BIA that said, yeah, we want it, we want it here, or did you guys literally just take over the street? We took over the street. We let them know um, oh, okay. because because we have some artists that live in the community, and so we didn't want them to hate us. Um, but we we didn't ask. We were like, just to let you know, that's what we're doing. Um, and you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's like a global movement happening right now, and yeah, yeah. You know, we we need to we, we need to participate. Um, and they were really they were super cool. They actually they came and they dropped off water for us, and they they helped us put up sort of like the the signs. We got a permit from the city to shut down the street because we of course wanted to make sure that our artists were safe. And we actually ended up doing it on Canada Day, July first, um, which really worked out for us because a lot of businesses were closed anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was also sort of like an opportunity for us to reclaim, you know, cause it's Canada day, but what does that even mean? And if like all Canadians aren't, you know, free in their bodies, then how, how can we celebrate Canada day? Um, so it just kind of beautifully worked out that it, we were able to get the permit for July 1st. We were trying to get it for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it was just the university being like, Nope, this is a better day. And this is what should happen. But it was, it was beautiful. Um, we had amazing conversations on the street in Kensington. A lot of people were asking questions and yeah, it was just, it was just a very beautiful experience for, for all of us. Nice. So was it holding space that that was your 15 minutes of time to, to write that song? 12 minutes. 12 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why, why that song as as your first release, what's what what's what's special about that one, timing and everything? Um, well, to be honest, it was the only one that I had finished recording um, okay. and had mastered. Um, when the pandemic happened, like I had studio sessions booked, like everything was kind of it, everything was kind of already planned, and then everything shut down. So it was uh, it, it was an interesting sort of like. I guess I think it kind of happened like as it was supposed to, as I keep saying, because the song really did make sense for the time. But I actually, the day that Trudeau made the announcement that he was going to close the borders. And I think that's the day when everyone was like, okay, this might be a real thing. Um, I had actually uploaded the music into my, to my distributor. And so it was going to go live. And I was like, how am I supposed to be like, Hey guys, look at my new song while the world is burning. I was like, "Mm." I took it down. Um, which was like sort of my first pivot. And, you know, I think it was, it was, I think it was my first sort of like experience of feeling disappointed and like, you know, I had all oh. this like momentum and I was yeah. excited. And then, and then, you know, Corona was like, Nope, not, a, not, not right now. Um, so I waited six weeks and I think, um, you know, I think waiting obviously made a lot of sense because there was a lot of other more important things to be talked about, especially on different social platforms. Um, but I also feel like holding space, which essentially is, um, you know, sort of like giving yourself permission to think about what you need for yourself, from a, for like emotionally, mentally, even physically. Um, and I think, at least for myself, I had finally the opportunity to really think about what I wanted to prioritize. And holding space, the song is actually just asking you to do that. And so... Mm it just really worked out in terms of like when I was able to release it. I think um, 
I think it really spoke to sort of like what people were experiencing being in quarantine for the first six weeks. So it, I think all things work out exactly how they're supposed to. And that song launching when it did was definitely one of those things. Yeah. You, so you, so you did this 30 songs in 30 days. What's, is it, is it a lifetime of experiences that is influencing what you write about or like how, how do you choose? Okay. This is, like the day you wrote Holding Space, what's going through your head? What's going through your heart that that's the song you write? Actually, funny, funny story. Um, I had an experience where like I had to hold space for someone and they weren't like very like aware of themselves. And that's when I was like, I got to write the song. So basically like oh. a friend had called me and was complaining about her life and her, you know, boy problems or whatever for one hour. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Uh-huh and like didn't get a word in and then they're like oh can I call you back in, in like a second I was like cool sure and when they called me back I don't pick up because I'm like I literally can't hold space for you like this is too much and I need to like go take a bath now and recover from like Jeez. all this shit that you just <laughs> threw on me um and that's that's how the song was born I was like I can't be the only person that feels this I'm sure other people will relate to this so I'm gonna write a song about it. And I think that's why it took, it was so easy for me to write it because I had just had this experience. And like literally in the song, I say, so if you call me, I'm gonna decline. And that's like, I, I had just done that. So it was very much like, like talking about an experience that I just had. Have you, have you talked with this friend since about the song being about them? No, they definitely <laughs> don't know. That would be so awkward. They love the song too. So really? <laughs> wow. Well, all four of our listeners are gonna go out and try to find this person. So you know. <laughs> Greg, we have we have six now, by the way. Oh. We have six listeners. Yeah. Is that the Argentinian yeah. contingent? No. Awesome. Um oh dude. Oh I forgot what I was gonna add. I should take some notes next time. But um so so second song. Is oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. Um, what what comes as you're writing the song? Is it the words? Do the words come to you? Is there a melody in your head? What's how does that, how does that work for you? Um, I think the melody came first. Oh, so a lot of times, what I do is like melodies will just come to my head, and I'll just. I'll grab my phone and I'll just sing into my voice recorder, but I'll just be like, la, 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 la. like, I'll just, you know, like make sure that I record a melody. Um, and then I'll come back to it and be like, Oh, maybe I could add these words to it. Um, oh, okay. And so I, I had, I had the melody for the hook um, and I had just kind of wrote what I thought might make, might make sense for the verse. Um, and it didn't actually come to life until I was sitting down with my producer and I was like, okay, this is my hook. Like, where do we go with this? And he was like, okay, maybe we do this. Maybe we do that. And so um, I don't know if the actual sound of it is really born until I, you know, link up with the producer. And and I'm like, this is what I, like, I have this melody. I have these lyrics. What are we going to do? Nice. Um, but yeah, so I, for this one particularly, the hook came first. And then and then I just kind of wrote a song. Okay. Are, are you now... I don't know. Do you have a keyboard now that you're sort of doodling around with? Are you on your computer with, with programs, with sounds and stuff like that? Are, are you there yet or? No, no. I, so I, 
I, I, I do DJ, but I think one of, one of the things that I've been really good at, um, especially once I started to walk on the music path is just staying in my lane. Um, I okay. feel like if I start getting excited about a keyboard and a guitar and like all these other things, um, I won't focus on actually like doing the thing that I know that I'm, I'm really good at. Um, okay. and I've experienced that, you know, in so many different other areas in my life where I like, I just sort of take everything on. I think a lot of artists do this where I definitely am guilty of this, where I'm like, well, only I can do it as good as I want it done. So I'll just do everything. And, you know, going back to burnout, um, I think that's like one way that you're definitely going to burn out if you're producing your music and, you know, like doing all the other things. So mind you, I am doing all my marketing and all the other stuff, but the production, I'm, I leave it to, to the producers. So, and we are have you, a good you, flow. And sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say like the flow has been great so far. And are you working with any, like are you working with a producer to bring the sound together? Are you working with any musicians? Are there any collaborations from that to bring the music forward? Um, so both of the producers that I've worked with on the on the first two singles, um, they are also musicians as well. Um, so they're not just they're not just sort of like doing it on their computer. Um, so, and then I think they I don't know how they do this because I don't know about much perfection, but they like <laughs> play something and then it just on the computer and I'm like, cool, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, that that's definitely how we've been sort of like working so far. That's cool. Talk to us about your second song, Melanin. Um, is this another 30 and 30 project or was yes. this sort of, it was, okay. Yep. Um, I actually feel like the whole album is probably going to be, most of it's going to be like music from the 30, 30 project. There's okay. like just a lot of good content there. So nice. I can't waste it. Why this one number two? Is it is it a matter of you, you finish the mastering on this one next? Or was there is there a reason why this is number two? I also like what before going into the pandemic, like I had a plan of sort of like what songs I wanted to put out in what order. Okay. Um, and Melanin was the second one. Um, and uh, it just made sense for the time. So actually I was supposed to put out Melanin in June um, because the song is about, you know, it's about shadism and it's about sort of like not being out in the sun and sort of like hiding from the sun. And so I was like, this is a summer jam for sure. Like this come out in the summer. And um, I was working on not only mixing and mastering, but I had to sing the vocals. Like, so the only thing that was really done was like a very bare sort of like beat. And so myself and the producer were working over Zoom to, you know, build the beat up. And then from there, studios had finally opened back up. And I was like, okay, hey, cool. I'm going to go in the studio like sing it so it was a lot of like there's a lot of different like pieces and moving parts um for it to actually like sort of like come to life and um yeah so it took a little bit longer than holding space which was created during a time where you know we didn't have any of these limitations yeah Mm -hmm. it's also your first video yeah my first video also my first self-directed video um which is pretty cool um yeah why you, you chose this to be your first video and not holding space. Maybe it was just a result of where we were in, in the world and not being able to, to sort of move around and collaborate and stuff like that. Or was yeah, there another so, reason? So I did try to shoot a video for holding space. Okay. Um, and it was, 
really early in the pandemic. And so the shooter I was working with, like, didn't want to get close to me. And like, it was like a very, it just wasn't, you know, what either of us wanted. And I think there was so many different restrictions. Like we didn't, we couldn't, we couldn't actually get like a legit cameraman and like all the things. And so, um, it just wasn't what I wanted to put out into the world. Um, and whereas when we shot melanin, you know, I had a whole team, I had a bunch of my friends come to the beach and like, it was, you know, we, we had more, um, sort of space to, to do different things. And so it just made sense to, and I think also the message of melanin is so much, I think it's so much more important, especially right now. And so it kind of made sense to have, you know, a visual to, to go along with it. Cool. So what I'm really interested in, I guess you haven't, there's been no chance, I guess, to perform live, has there? Or, or, or have you done stuff like online in, in front of people? Yeah, I was doing this IG live series. It was actually called Holding Space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like sitting down and talking to like a bunch of different women um, that I'm inspired by that are also artists. Um, and at the end of that, I would do a performance. Oh, um, yeah. So I've I've been doing sort of I I did the IG live thing. I stopped doing it. I don't even remember. It's, it's been a couple months. Um, I am doing another performance at the end of this month. I don't even know what day it is. I'm like, uh, yeah, I think <laughs> we're in October. Um, yeah. So it's, but it's obviously not the same. Um, I think it's very challenging when you can't interact with the crowd and you don't know if they like it or if they're singing along or like what sort of the vibe is. Yeah. Um, but I think that's sort of, that's just sort of, you know, where we're at right now. And you just kind of got to, you just got to roll with it. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think, what do you think it's going to look like moving forward? I mean, you know, you start to see bands that are doing some of the Elma combo gigs and, but there's still only like a dozen people in the room more than that, but you know what I mean? It, what do you think? I mean, I definitely think it's an opportunity to, to innovate for sure. Um, like as myself as an ex- like as an experienced designer and like an, an artist who does installations, like I have so many cool ideas of like the different things that are, that are possible. And I do think that from an accessibility perspective, it is kind of cool that now all of a sudden, you know, my friends and fans from Tanzania can tune in when I'm doing a show in Toronto, which wasn't possible, obviously right before the pandemic. So, um, I I definitely think there's a lot of opportunity. I think it's probably going to be a little weird and not that great in the beginning, um, you know, until we figure it out. Um, But I know I've heard, um, I don't know if it's ESPN or like some sports network is sort of like piloting some cool technology right now to sort of like allow fans to have the most optimal experience um, because we're not going to be able to go back to the stadium. And so I'm curious Mm -hmm. to see what other industries sort of like create and how, music industry can then like leverage that and sort of like use that to create amazing experiences from your home like how cool is it to go to a concert from your house like it is kind of cool um and so yeah i'm I'm curious to see like what the industry and like does and how they sort of like step up but i do feel like they're going to be like I, i do feel like this is sort of like the end of music as we knew it Mm. sort of live music as we knew it and there's going to be some like crazy some crazy coming yeah yeah so listen it's it's uh almost time i want to ask if we can uh 
if you can grant us one more question each. Sure. Yeah, cool. Um, so you haven't you have a, a full length album coming out? You have an EP coming out? Like what sort of um, how are you releasing it? Is it going to be drip drip, or are you, are you going to pull a, a full project out? What's coming up? So it's an EP. Um, I have been I have been dripping. I was planning to just drop the EP, but because I didn't finish the album and just wanted to like get it out there, um, I ended up dropping some singles. So I'm going to be dropping one more single um, at the end of this month, um, and then hopefully if everything goes according to plan and the, the whole world doesn't shut down again, um, I will drop the album by the end of the year. Cool. Are you excited? Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited. I actually feel, <laughs> I feel re-energized finally. Um, I think not knowing when I could start working on music again was a little, a little frustrating and um, it feels good to, you know, go back into this. I'm going back into the studio um on Thursday um, and, and working with my producer again so it's, and like in real life which is like really cool um, and something we haven't done so I'm really excited to sort of get back into the into the groove of like making music again nice very cool uh, my question for you is what and I usually like to ask this one to finish off what's in your earbuds lately what have you been listening to um, I've been listening to SZA uh, who I love. Um, I also, I also just always listen to really old music. Mm-hmm. Not really old nineties music. I'm like obsessed with, uh, with nineties music. And yesterday, for some reason, I decided to listen front to back, um, Aaliyah's first album, which was interesting and also a little bit triggering because I kept hearing R Kelly and how ah. much he shows up in the album. And the things he's saying, and I'm like, how did we not know? Like, it's anyways, and it's 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 so yeah. interesting to also listen to that now, you know, as a as a grown woman and as a feminist, and and just be like, it it, it actually makes me kind of like sad almost that like we all were like vibing to her music, and we kind of saw R. Kelly, you know, in the background on the album cover, like looking at her, like kind of like a pervert, and we're like cool like R. Kelly and Olivia have an album whatever or he's on her album so um yeah that's that's what I was listening to yesterday um and I was just very much more from like a like a critical more like grown woman sort of perspective I was like what did you just say what Mm. um so yeah but I feel like I I uh I'm usually listening to if it's not 90s R&B it's some like new R&B slow jam vibe that has come out recently. And I think um, another artist that I'm like really into right now is Snow Allegra. Like I just love her vibe and I love her tone. Thanks. Romana, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a pleasure. I hope to do it again soon. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you guys have a safe and wonderful night. And, and just one last thing, if people want to find out more about you, where do they go? This is normally his line, but he blew it. He blew the clothes. <laughs> We're going to keep you an extra 15 seconds because he blew the clothes. Go ahead. You can check me out on my Instagram at Romana, R-O-M-A-N-A, Gossam, K-A-S-S-A-M, or my website, www.romanamusic.ca. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much.
Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Yes. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You too. Have a great night. Take care. Bye.